evening, everyone. This is Cameron Live. We're coming from the wonderful BBS studios in in the Bay Area and all across the country. We're going to introduce my co-host, who um, is soon to have her conference up in Austin, Texas, and Bernadette DiGabriel. And we welcome you, Bernadette, for another week of controversy, as they say. <laughs> Thank you as so they much, say Bernadette. And then last week, Danny Cruz is going to come on, talk about about the space program. People liked it, you know, about the UFOs. And then we're gonna we're going to get into today about the uh, debate. What, who do you think won? Who do you think lost? Who do you think is going to be the Democratic president? And to me, I think it's too too early, you know, because it's still the beginning, you know. But we need someone just to take on Trump. You know, and his nastiness, and you need someone to really do it. And I and I liked, you know, some headlines. Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders wants to cancel all U.S. student debt. That's great, don't you think so? Uh, yeah, I, I that that hits home for me. Yeah, yeah. That, well, Bernie, Bernie is uh, his ideas are starting to catch on, but he wants to get all student debt, student loans gone, and then. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, who's running for president, said we need to do it now. We need to get rid of it because she said the more the more people gamble with that debt, the more it's gonna you know eat at eat at them. So that was on that end. And then you know we had news about Apple today. The iPhone designer Johnny Ivy to leave uh, Apple and go back to Great Britain. That was kind of a uh, unlikely news. That's happening. And then. Uh, People were talking about uh, also Charlottesville, the attacker. Today he confessed his actions, but it's too late when you kill someone uh, on racism. You know what I'm saying? It's too late anyway. Because James Fields Jr., who drove his car into anti-racism protesters, killing one girl, the young girl that died, is jailed for life. Jailed for life. They should execute him. (laughs) That's what I think. Because you know he did an act that was that was harmful that caused her to die, you know. So I, I that that would be the only thing with the death penalty with him, because he did an act that was that was so bad, you know. That when we think about it, and the debate, we I thought, uh, you know, the senator from California, my home state, uh, Harris, she did really good against Biden, but. But, you know, we have to get to what's bothering the country right now. we got to get to student loans. we got to get to getting people jobs. You know, what's going on and with, with uh, health care? You know? And those are the big issues. And that's what yeah. I, when I saw the debate last night, those were issues that were very important. Because, first of all, student loans are killing everybody out there, as we've discussed. And we need to have some type of program. To eliminate them, and then healthcare. You know, like they said, uh, you know, Medicare, uh, Medicare. But the problem is now, now that you have Medicare, how high is it going to be? What are the, you know, the deductions going to be, and who's going to qualify? Right. That's those, those are the the key things. And if we had um, health like they do in Canada, or as they do in Europe, we need to look at it. 50% or 60% dollar paying by the government. And, to, you know, I think people can't afford it, right? The health thing is yeah. expensive. Yeah. And the health care. Yeah, you're right. It is. So, those were issues. Yeah, last night I was listening. And then uh, and then I was listening to the other people, uh, Republican Party, and they're not, I don't think they're doing so good because a lot of, People that I have friends that are Republican, uh, you know, uh, representatives, they're not doing good. They're not getting the money. They're not getting the votes. I don't care what Trump is saying, but but they're not getting that. So that's what's going on. And then uh, Kamala Harris, she said we should discuss race. Race is okay, but a lot of people out there who are working hard, race doesn't pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? And she's right about what she said, but, you know, racist, there's still a problem with race. Because, as I said, you know, it, it doesn't 
pay my bill. It doesn't. It's not going to really act to a lot of Americans. It's going to be maybe maybe 30 million Americans, and that's that's still a lot, but still, it's not going to be a big big issue. Other issues to discuss. Oh God, it was a lot of things going on. Trump offers to meet with North Korean uh, Kim at the DMZ. I would say I don't think you have a deal going on, Mr. President. <laughs> Why go to the DMZ? And then you hear about the plastic bag uh, baby. Did you hear about yeah. it in Georgia? Yeah. Okay. That was horrible. Hundreds of families are to adopt a baby girl abandoned in a plastic bag in Georgia. How horrible. We have to live where people don't realize what miracles they have, the baby, you know. And yeah. I think they found the mother. I think they found the mother, what I heard. And I don't understand. You know, the moms want babies, and they want no babies, and they put a baby out in a horrible situation. That's, to me, horrible, the whole thing, how it was handled, you know. So that's on that. And then they have the G20 Summit, which is in Japan. And uh, and uh, Trump said uh, to Putin, oh, don't... Uh, no medal in our election. You know, that's all baloney because he did already. What is he going to say? You know, and and what do you think of the plight of these uh, migrant children? Uh, you see it in Texas. I see it here in California. And what, you know, a lot of them haven't eaten in, in four days. Could you imagine? The young kids haven't eaten and they're put in horrible facilities, you know, because you know where McAllen is, right? In Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're, we're we're gonna pray for that, pray for something. Yeah. And anyway, yeah. you guys, we you know that's a big issue about the migrants, and to me they're treating them horribly. And the president doesn't see anything, and that's why he may not be a president <laughs> the next election. Well, so anyway, that's yeah. that's some of the news. And then uh, I was gonna ask, ask you about your seminar. Tell us about. What's happening with that? Um, my the workshop is um, July twentieth here in okay, Austin. Right after Thanksgiving. Right after right after Fort right at the end of the month. Okay. So um, really excited about uh, doing the second one here. So I think that everybody would gain a lot. It's all about shedding the oh, toxic yeah. layers, shifting the limiting mindsets to attract what you really want into your world. So, right. you know, when you're when you're ready to, you know, um, elevate yourself into a new paradigm, into a new reality that right. you know you get to control, then you know that this workshop is for you. Well, I agree, I agree with what you're saying. You know. I do. And, uh, you know, once the seminar goes on, I think people's lives will forever change. And we're, we're trying to, what we're trying to do is we're going to, we're going to try to book a hotel next week and see if we can get it organized for me. Cause I'd love to go, you know, then do the show from the seminar. So there you go. We, we tie both together and, uh, it'll be exciting to travel to Texas. Yeah. Other than that, great. that's what's happening. That hey, is great. Yep. Yeah, we're live on the air. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, what was it? So that's been going on. And then they had an 11-year-old transsexual skater. She's going to be fighting to skate in the roller skating. You heard about that one? That's, that's been going on. And then uh, those are the biggest news right now, right at this point. And France, I wouldn't be going to Paris right now. 114 degrees in Paris. So, How, what, uh, 114 degrees in Paris. Oh my! Jesus. And they also have the they also have the soccer. Can you imagine playing that soccer tournament? Wow! So it should be, yeah, oh, USA won today. USA beat, beat France two to one. And then tonight, tomorrow they're going to play the uh, uh, Britain, Great Britain. So we should, should be, should, we should see what happens as we say. Anyway, everyone, call, please call in. Let me give you our phone number. is 323-744-4831. And Danny Cruz is going to call us. And from Los Angeles, he'll be calling us. 
And then, of course, Bernadette is calling us from uh, Austin, Texas. And then we're going to have some other people. We're trying to get other people uh, that we had in the past. We're going to have Shannon calling us. Shannon right now is in, in Arizona. But when she gets back, she'll call us. So we're, we're really happy that a lot of people are calling us. And we're finally, uh, what do they say in radio, we're finally uh, getting our respect, <laughs> as they say, in the radio world. And uh, that's all. I got a lot of issues to talk about. I got uh, things like that. Uh, we talked about uh, with, you know, in uh, Japan with the G20 Summit and entertainment. Uh, there was some interesting news in the entertainment world. Kim Kardashian today defends herself over kimono row. That's, uh, I guess, her line, right? So that's one of the things she's trying to push. And I was Kevin reading Spacey something about I was reading something about Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump forming some kind of a what, what what do you know about that What's going on No Well he he she used to live in his apartment in New York but then mm-hmm. uh, then she moved to L A full time with uh, Kanye West but there was something they put together and and the problem is. Isn't he like supposed to be our president instead of getting himself involved in little little things? So that's the only on the bad story about that uh, uh, with the Kim Kardashian thing. And then Kevin Spacey is getting sued. Did you know that by the a boy he groped in the Nantucket Bar in 2016? You know who died today? Alf, the Alf star. Max Wright died today at age 75. So, uh, uh, yeah, he was the original manager of Central Perk, the coffee house in in France. So there you go. That's uh, a little updated news. And so what we're going to do is we'll bring up anything you like. And now we'll, to get you to get, uh, well suited for the seminar, tell us, tell us now we, we go to your seminar and, uh, uh, tell us what issues you'd like to bring up, which are very important. For this seminar, you know, um, I specialize in relationships, self-concept, and uh, okay. spirituality. So, um, when I do my workshops, we cover um, one of those particular areas, and uh-huh. um, so this one is going to be on relationships, and um, uh, so we are going to expand on. Um, what we did in our previous workshop. So uh-huh. basically assisting our guests to um, identify the behavioral patterns that that um, attract um, relationships that are on a lower vibrational level than they want. So right. basically, we focus on what keeps us looping in these cycles that attract these certain types, and then we work through it, and so we can raise our vibrations to attract a higher vibrational um, connection. Right. So, right. Yeah. And, and the reason why you want to do it is if you raise the vibration, you'll get meet someone nice. Well, yeah, right? someone that's going to, to treat you well. And it's not just in romantic right. relationships, but in every relationship because, you know. Right. It doesn't have to be romantic. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, know what, work the relationships. Part, huh? Uh-huh. What did you say? I was going to say, I, I was, you know, as I do the radio, people come back to me from the past. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting that people that I haven't met, seen for a long time, want to come back. For a purpose of love, in a in a good way, not love, 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 love. You know, like we were taught. Right. But getting back right. to forgiveness, amen. I think that's good. So I yeah. I will have a lady on in a couple weeks. They'll talk about amen. What does it mean to her? What does it mean to come back to someone to amen? So we we'll see what happens. But that that's been coming to me. Isn't that weird? Interesting. Mm. You know, yeah. all these things are coming up. You know. So uh, anyway, well, maybe that. that's maybe that's a sign that you know it's an area that just you need 
you need some completion on. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, who who is? Cameron Bernadette. Good evening. Hi, Danny. Danny. Hi. Danny Cruz. Our UFO yes, reporter. Good to, How good you to doing? be here. All doing right. great. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what's going okay, on. Okay, well, I have a... Thank you for the time, Cameron. I'm glad to glad oh, to no be problem. in touch with you again, Bernadette. Um, okay, well, I have a theory for our listeners, and it's uh, it's one that I've actually put in a FOIA request for Freedom of Information Act to the CIA about. Um, I've also spoken on the phone with the CIA about this to an agent named Ben. Uh-huh. Um, he was. I only have a first name basis with the CIA agents that I do know, but uh, we discussed okay. the, the theory of me being President Richard Nixon's grandson. And he, the CIA okay. agent Ben said there are operations uh, about that. And uh, so I had a CIA wow. agent tell me there are operations about that. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think this theory is valid. That's, he's, that's one reason. Another reason okay. is, uh, uh, well, in 1954, my grandfather, my step-grandfather, Gert Parker, he protected President Eisenhower from an assassination attempt on Lowry Air Force Base in 1954. Um, uh-huh. When President, when when the vice, yeah, vice president at the time was Richard Nixon, and my grandfather right. used to be in the detail of 70 uh, men who were pulled from the Air Force to be Secret Service as well, and he used to be one of two who used to walk President Eisenhower home from the base and to his wife and had very personal conversations with the president. So he's a he's a hero. He was awarded by the Brigadier General of, of all the armed forces a letter of uh, commendation for his heroic actions, and the President Eisenhower himself uh, handed him a knife with his name engraved on it, and shook my grandfather's hand and said, "I'd like to tell you thank you for saving my life." And um, and so there's a real uh, secret. Yeah. So here's another indication is the secrecy behind the President Eisenhower assassination attempt. There's no records of it for the public. To find out, because uh-huh. you can go on Wikipedia. Yeah, go to Wikipedia, all of you guys and girls listening, and look up the past presidential assassinations and assassinations attempts. You can see them all there. They're listed. And this one for President Eisenhower isn't listed for the public. It was kept secret, uh, so no, the public would never know that, the, or the world would never know that there was an assassination attempt on President Eisenhower's life. So the story goes, my grandfather, Gert Parker, introduced my grandmother to Richard Nixon, is what my grandmother told me. And uh, soon after, my grandmother went to Tijuana, Mexico, and registered for, to marry Richard Nixon. And here's the okay. here's what she says. Um, she's not sure if President Richard Nixon's name is on the marriage license. And I, that leaves a, that turns black and white into gray. When someone marries somebody, I would say that they would have to know who they're marrying. But my grandmother, well, yeah. says, I don't know if the president, so. yeah, exactly. You would want to know. She's not sure if President Richard Nixon's name is on the marriage license, but she says that she married him in Tijuana and it's official. It wasn't a sham marriage. Um, and so my grandmother has also informed me a little bit about my, my, um, my mom's past. My mom, here's another indication of it being valid. My mom, when I was 12 years old, was in a relationship with another man besides my father. They divorced. Right. And I told my mom, yeah, I told my mom in the my bedroom, I was kind of upset, I'll never love another man like my dad because they're not my dad. And she said, Danny, right. I have to tell you something. Gert is not my real dad. He's my stepdad. My real dad's name is Richard Nixon. And I was 12 years old when she told me that. And I immediately uh, the day after, I go to my grandma's and uh, asked her, I said, well, I was just informed a little bit about Grandpa not being Mom's dad, and Richard Nixon really is her dad. Can you tell me something about him? She said, well, he always had a half-assed grin on his face. So pause there and fast forward 25 years later. I'm 36 years old in Washington, D.C., and I'm reviewing all the President Nixon speeches. The checker speech was the one I was looking at that night. And I was uh-huh. also looking at... Um, yeah, information about his uh, uh, involvement with extraterrestrials and flying saucers is big, too. So I'm looking at the checker speech, and I get done watching it, and I call my grandmother, and I tell her, I'm watching President Nixon's speeches. I really admire him, his choices he made for the country and where he came, his humble beginnings. His father was a grocer and his mom a stay-at-home mom. And I said, I really like his smile, too. And she said, he always had uh-huh. a half-assed grin on his face. 
And those words came out again 25 years later for the same person. I said, Grandma, 25 years ago you said that, but that was about Mom's dad, his, her real dad. Is this the same person as Richard Nixon, the president? And she said, yes, it is. So that was the first time in my life I ever had a chance to feel or believe that the impossible was actually possible. I already had, now at this time, this is, this is kind of what I want to draw our audience to, this attention of okay. special things happening in my life. Now, special things mm-hmm. have been happening in my life from up above and below, um, and it's been happening since my junior high school years. And I really think that it may have something to do with President Richard Nixon being my grandfather, uh, starting off with the white light at age 12 uh, over my backyard in Glendora with three of my friends there. Uh, one night we were camping on my trampoline, and a white light had shined over my backyard, and we asked, we were frozen for about five seconds, and we all asked ourselves okay. after we wonder we wonder if time had passed, and uh, that was followed with teleportation experiences and speaking in with words I never learned for days and singing in songs in front of people and with words I've never learned uh, for uh, um, an hour or so. You know, people looking at me and seeing I'm speaking a different uh-huh. language. Um, and so I, I came across the flying saucer close encounter as well. And I've been involved with the government, which is really strange. Um, the government and I have a long-term uh, communication. The DOD and I have been communicating for over 10 years about teleportation happening in human beings. It's called psychokinesis. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so I'm in the middle of working as a government contractor as well with the diplomat of Los Angeles when I'm finding this out. Licensing technology for space to protect the planet from asteroids hitting it and uh, carving the terrain of Mars. I'm I'm a I'm a weapons dealer in Washington D.C. at the time, and I'm taking this uh, proposal up to the highest people on the planet to review it. And so, right as I find out, this is all happening. I have this history of flying saucers and superpowers and white light, and I have uh-huh. this present moment. I have this present moment as a government contractor working with the CIA guiding me the National Reconnaissance Office, Edwards Air Force Base, and Area 51, maybe, with the chief of security at Edwards Air Force Base. is T.J. Turner. He's the chief of Area 51, too. So I have this involvement in my life, and all of a sudden, there's this new anomaly that pops up, this President Richard Nixon possibility, um, and my grandmother is the one confirming it. So I'm thinking, these are all very anomalous. On all the anomalies in the past I've focused on, I was able to believe in them for times and come out with some conclusive confirmations that these things are actually real. And I don't think uh-huh. that finding out President Richard Nixon is my grandfather is any different. I'm thinking out of all of my years as a child through adulthood, everything that's happened as an anomaly, these superpowers, these flying saucers, the involvement with the government, um, okay. all these things have lined up in a straight line. And um, And so I'm thinking that because I found out that President Richard Nixon is my grandfather, that might just be another anomaly to focus on, that the impossible is actually happening right now. Because the interesting part about this is the secrecy. And uh, my grandmother was also, here's another indication of it being valid. My grandmother told me a story of the KKK and being, being involved in uh, getting the vice president to marry her. And there was some coercion or force that was given by the KKK on President Nixon to uh, coerce him to marry my grandmother, she said. And when they had Uh children, she even got into so much detail. It's a very exaggerated claim of the KKK. I think we all have to open our minds to exaggerating what we think we know into the impossible, the realm of the impossible. Right. If we can have our minds open up and exaggerate a little bit, or a lot, actually, what that means that the KKK coerced President Nixon, Vice President Nixon, to marry my grandmother, to have children, and to keep it a secret and to hide it. It's another uh-huh. essential first family, but kept in secret. And it's run and it's controlled by the KKK. Now, here's another thing my grandmother said to me. She said, Danny, our family is a ring protected by a ring. And I, I figure that she means by being President Richard Nixon's family, we're protected by a ring of people who protect us is what she said basically there is a group of people who protect my family and i was a hearing witness yeah so i was a hearing witness to my mother here's another clue um i heard my mother and aunt outside of their home my aunt's house in the front 
talking on the phone, calling somebody. And my aunt comes into me and says, Danny, you're in danger. And she goes back outside and I hear my mom uh, calling a man saying, this person's extremely dangerous, drop napalm on him. And then I hear my aunt saying, we'll pay to play. We're down. It sounded like they were calling hits on a person trying to take my life. And I've never heard yeah, my does. family violent like this. Yeah, I've never heard my family violent like this, but I think they were talking to a person in that ring that protects our family because there's no authority uh, in this country that would allow these types of phone calls to, to exist or take place. And my, right. my Aunt Lori seemed to lead the show. My grandmother, here's another clue, said there would be a formal announcement. And my Aunt Lori was going to be the one to do it. And just recently, I was talking on the phone with my grandmother. There are other siblings President Richard Nixon has. I mean, other children. There's a total of eight children, my grandmother says. Two are in England. Uh, she said you should contact one of the other sisters for the publicity of all of it. And so my grandmother is already knowledgeable and understanding that there is publicity behind the, the fact that she married President Richard Nixon that has been kept a secret for 65 years. No, going on, yeah, wow. probably 60 years it's been a secret. So I'm thinking that the comparison between the assassination attempts with President Eisenhower being kept a secret is much like the secrecy of President Richard Nixon having a family, or several families, several children right. by I mean, several wives. Yeah, that can serve yeah, so like a Yeah, it's so like a concubine. He was like uh, King Solomon having multiple wives and children, and he was having children. Right. They were all daughters, I believe, is what my grandmother said. And he was uh, fighting for custody, taking my mom and my aunt and these other girls away from their mothers. My grandma said she uh -huh. had to put up a fight. And so I'm kind of thinking there's also along the lines of kidnapping, keeping the president's children away from him and the KKK <clears throat> involved with that. You know, the KKK getting involved in keeping the children separate and safe. And at the same time, these children, my mom and my aunt and these other children uh, and my grandmother, um, I believe, received Secret Service protection. I was on the phone uh, one evening, and I was talking to right, uh, Edwards Air Force Base, Office of Special Investigation, in the living room, and I was making demands on the government for diplomatic immunity for uh, working with Mr. Berg. Uh, he basically stole the technology we were selling. We brought them the technology that's in their top-secret bases to, for, with a proposal, and I, Mr. Berg was the only person on the planet to be able to bring what top-secret electrical systems we have to them. So I was on the phone making some demand about protection, my protection, and looking out. And the Office of Special Investigation assigned me a Secret Service man that day. His name is Casey Hornage. If um, if our guests want to look up or call or get involved, the Secret Service in Los Angeles, uh, you know, they look out for me. I talk to them on the phone. But my but right. these demands were made out of an, an, an aggressive way. I was being very aggressive with our military. And I said, I demand these things because of this, this, and this right. flying saucer technology. And um, my grandmother, well, all these, all of a sudden, cars started passing by, a multitude of cars in the street. And my grandmother all of a sudden says, they're here, check the backyard. And so she feels, I feel that my grandmother at the time, she, and she also said, we hate the Fed. I think uh, the family that President Nixon created and kept secret by because of the KKK forcing the secrecy, um, has gone up against the Fed. And so just by me interacting with the government in front of them, my grandmother said more things to indicate that President Richard Nixon was her husband. Because there's an oh, overwhelming wow. hate for the Feds. Yeah, the overwhelming hate for the Feds in my family. And w my aunt was con uh, contacted by the CIA to work for them in Greece back in the 90s. Uh -huh. And she worked with the State Department. Um, on the public diplomacy come with an unlimited access and worldwide mission. And she was able to find out from the government that there was a tackle situation with President Eisenhower's assassin, that my grandfather actually tackled a person and arrested them. And that's, that's a leak because there's no possible um, way that anybody can know that much detail about the situation. I believe she also knows, or the government also knows, that President Richard Nixon is her father. And that makes her a very dangerous person. My Aunt Lori, right. um, yeah, she. I think she's the ringleader of my family, and she's gotten involved with the CIA, the State Department. She was a police officer in the city of Ontario, California, 
and Glendora, uh-huh. California. And she was she was taught by SWAT, yes, um, how to do forensics and investigations from the uh, aerial and below. She was she's a very okay. well trained um, police officer, and I think that um, it goes a little further into what kind of details and indications of this uh, President Richard Nixon uh, father theory holds is that the police are involved. The Ku Klux Klan is involved in the police, and uh, my mother. And is a is a person who's able to contact these very dangerous uh, police officers. Maybe they're KKK, and have somebody right. drop napalm on someone who's a very dangerous person, extremely dangerous person, as she put it. It was like listening to cheerleaders um, in the house while I listened to them calling hits on this person. They were professionals at it. Wow. And they had authority when they did it. It was terrifying. Uh, when I think about it, when I'm by myself, it terrifies me that I've witnessed my mother and aunt violent for the first time. And um, I just think that the family has, because I've brought this to the attention of the family and the household and made a very big deal of it, I think that they're finally starting to, they were starting to open up about the truth of them knowing this and it being kept a secret. The more I talked, uh-huh. the more involvement and engaged they were with me. So they were engaging with this theory, um, and they had, they appeared to be right, right involved with what I was saying. I was emailing you, and Russian, the Russian embassy, Israeli embassy, and the Turkish embassy, and all sorts of other foreign governments about this. And so I said, uh-huh. you know, um, it could have been a coup d'etat. You know, the KKK. Um, also, my grandmother said when my when we had when I had children with him. The KKK told uh, Vice President Nixon at the time, you have a good reason to run right now. I think that it was meant to be a joke, the way my grandmother put it, that you better run for your life because you have this family, so you better take care of it. And also, coming up into the future, a good reason to run for president. I believe that the, my grandmother told me that my great-great-grandfather was in the KKK and that he owned uh-huh. the city of Victorville. And he was very wealthy and powerful. He had a resort up in Los Feliz near the the observatory uh, where oh, yeah. uh-huh. Einstein used to practice, the Griffith Observatory. He owned a resort right. there. And um, it, it might have actually been the first Hotel California, the Eagles thing about. They called a – there was a resort there in Los Feliz um, that was originally named the Hotel California that the Eagles talked about in their song. So I think my grandmother led into this uh, – um, indication that my grandfather had this property and um, she lived on it in the cabin. They were very wealthy. And so the KKK may have been very influential in my family's life and they may have actually um, gotten gotten hold of President Richard Nixon through my grandfather, Gert Parker. So it's this time uh-huh. when Gert Parker is introducing Richard Nixon to my grandmother and having my grandmother's family being KKK, them finding out, I believe, and making something, forcing a marriage, uh, forcing children, and forcing secrecy. And so it's this conspiracy theory um, about the KKK. It's a very exaggerated claim of the KKK um, because they don't have, they're, they're competing with the president. The coup d'etat is when uh, a coerced and forced candidate becomes elected by the public. And becomes wow. president. Well, when that president wow. becomes elected, they're under the control of the KKK already for families that are secret. And so it makes these families that have been kept secret more powerful, very backed up by the KKK. The KKK, I've been researching, has their hands on all sorts of oil in the United States. They're a very powerful organization. And they've been coming up in the news lately, especially with President Trump being blamed for being part of the KKK or advocating for them or the Nazis. And I don't believe right. that President Trump, I, President Trump, I believe, is not a KKK member or a Nazi. I think he's fighting for our country's uh, economic and military and national border securities, most of all. And that's mm-hmm. what woke up America to voting for him. But I don't think that he's involved with the KKK the way that Richard Nixon was, a very intimate and secret way, looking after his children, protecting them and them as well, being protected by the KKK and separated. And so there's the separation right. of children from father that that exists. There's no indication. Here is another clue of 
President Richard Nixon or any anybody being the father of my mother. There are no pictures of her being held by her father, no pictures anywhere of her father. It's completely blank slate. Uh-huh. And, um, and so there are no pictures of her with her father or my aunt. And uh, my family says that when my grandmother was married to Richard Nixon, um, they never saw him. They never met him. And so there, there was no meeting of the of the family. And he just okay. uh, kept to himself, apparently, and kept away from my grandmother's family, uh, where they weren't able to see who she was married to, but they knew his name was Richard Nixon. And uh, so I've talked to my aunt about that. She's the one who told my mom at an early age that Gert Parker was not her dad. She told okay. she told my mother and broke her heart that Gert wasn't her father and that her real dad was Richard Nixon. So my and my mom. Oh, here's another clue. My mom was threatened by her mother to commit. My grandmother threatened to commit suicide if my mother told her sister, my aunt Lori about uh, uh-huh. Richard Nixon being their father when they were very young. And so it caused my mom a lot of trauma, ulcers when she was young, and a lot of resentment towards her mother for having her keep this secret from her sister. But it turns out that her sister, Lori Nixon, grew up to be a very politically and government-involved uh, person where she has the, the resources to find these truths out. And I believe this is the dangerous part, that she has the truth that my grandfather, Gert Parker, has the truth. Basically, my grandfather, Gert Parker, and my my grandmother, Jackie Parker, um, sat back and watched the father of the children that Richard Nixon had with my grandmother become the first family, in a sense, when President Nixon was elected. So they got to experience something spiritual, in, in a way, right. where they lived in a they lived in a time of anticipation of the potential for their father to become president of the United States of America and, or the children become the children of the president of the United States of America. Uh-huh. And they watched it happen. So they, they actually lived through something prophetic in a sense where the anticipation was there. And then the fulfillment of the father of the children becoming the most powerful person on the planet. And that being kept a secret in the small suburb of Glendora, California. Um, well, the secret service airman hero who say president Eisenhower Actually, here's another reason why uh, it might be an indication. My grandfather, Gert Parker, had a child. She had a daughter and was married to a woman before he married my grandmother, after Richard Nixon. Um, and the, um, he had his daughter leave, his, leave him with, his, with the mother and never see them again, uh, never wow. saw his daughter again. Yeah, so he actually disowned his daughter for some reason and said, never talk to me again. And they never spoke. And he was raising, he was then raising, uh, my aunt Lori and my mother Debbie Nixon, um, as their father. And so it, 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 I think there's a possibility that Richard Nixon and my grandfather, Gert Parker, worked on this together somehow and, um, uh-huh. knew that my grandfather was a heroic secret service person who would take care of his two daughters. And so that he could leave them with him and not talk to them anymore, knowing that the Secret Service hero that protected President Eisenhower was the one looking after his wife and his two children. And so it's been a special family of secrets that have been coming out of me. I've been telling these secrets for the first time in anybody's lives. And here's the thing, nobody's ever heard of it. So this is the first time ever being spoken about in public for the first time Somebody is hearing that there's a good reason to have a DNA test with Patricia and Julie Eisenhower for my mother and aunt or myself even. And here's another good reason why I may be family. Um, and it happens to be part of our radio station with Laura Eisenhower as our guest in the studio. I was able to share with Laura Eisenhower how my grandfather protected her, pre- her presidential grandfather, Eisenhower, right. from an assassination attempt. And it was an honor to share that story to Laura's generation. I'm a, I'm a generation below Laura Eisenhower. And so it was passed down to me, and I was able to pass it back up a generation to Laura so she could know about that. And shortly after I spoke with Laura, I get a message from Patricia and Julie Eisenhower, and they called me a blessed family connection. And um, and so I was I was not even thinking about being President Richard Nixon's grandson at the time. They, this is, they messaged me that information before. 
I spoke to my grandmother about the half-assed grin remark that she had to say about my grandfather when I was a child. So I'd had no belief system built around it, no no believing in, in the impossible that this is this is actually happening. When Patricia right. and Julie Eisenhower called me a blessed family connection, so it was it was before I even thought about this being possible. And um, and so that's another good reason for a DNA test. I think that as long as there's a good enough reason to ask for a DNA test from Patricia and Julie because my grandfather's connection, Drew Parker to President Eisenhower while Vice President Richard Nixon was um, in office. And so I don't think that it's a coincidence that my grandmother married a Richard Nixon, that my grandfather introduced a Richard Nixon to my grandmother. And I don't believe that he would come across two Richard Nixons in his lifetime of uh, and introduce a Richard Nixon to my grandmother to marry her, if that's the way it happens. Um, right. So I just hold I, there's too close of a connection to presidents and vice presidents here with the name Richard Nixon. And um, I, my whole family got involved when I first started talking about this. And they said, we think it's true, too. It's not a crazy conspiracy theory that doesn't have merit. There's so many connections and eyewitness of testimonies and actions taken that only a president's. Uh, only President Richard Nixon's family would be doing because that's the subject that I brought to the table. It's in the presence of the subject being open, communicating, and fighting. I was very against the KKK when I heard this because I'm a mixed person. My mother um, married a Pacific Islander, and so I'm brown-skinned. And so all of a sudden, um, my family started uh, acting very aggressive towards me, and I became... Uh, a victim of my aunt. Um, she had, I had met a girl one night online and I believe that my aunt hired her to try and kill me with HIV. And, um, wow. I only say this because I went through the experience of meeting with this woman in her house alone. And, um, and there was something magical that happened with this one night. This woman appeared one way when I first met her, we spent hours together. And then it was, uh, during the, the next day in the early morning when uh, she left the room and a person came back, but it was not her and we were the only people in the house and she appeared as another woman and there was a intimate contact that was made with this other woman and myself that put me into contact or potential exposure of a disease called HIV. And, um, and then the woman said, it's blood, you definitely got it. Well, let's pause there and fast forward. My aunt, when I go back home, I call, I tell my aunt what happened and that I need to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and, and I need to get some exposure pills, medication for a potential HIV exposure because this woman just magically transformed and took my attention away from what she was doing. I just sat there in a daze, but I, it was ultimately when, when I came into contact with blood on her fingertips that I, that I became fearful for my life and I stayed there many more hours begging her. Tell me what you did. Tell me if I'll be okay. So my aunt, when I get back home, says I have, there's a video. And out of nowhere, she just says, there's a video. And I go to the hospital. I'm there for several hours. And I come back. And it's about 12 o'clock at night. And I'm at my aunt's house. And she's in her room. And she says, look, Danny, you're on TV. Everybody's watching you. And it was video of me um, with this woman in her house. And the sound of my voice and the situation all were the same. And then there was dubbed inside of this video, devil worship stuff. It was like there was a devil worship uh, scenes that were being put in to this recording that this woman made of me and sent to my aunt. And and so my aunt said, uh, and then like my grandmother said, we won't miss you. They were being very aggressive towards me, saying things like that. And um, my aunt said, "Don't forget, you were murdered." And um, and this right. is um, this is uh, at her house. And I had this awful panic attack, and I just left. And I checked myself into a hospital for a nervous breakdown because my aunt just tried to kill me through this uh, woman wow. and infect me. That would infect me with the HIV that she said was a super strain. My aunt even went into so much description of saying it was a super strain of HIV. Because she takes her, she stops taking her medicine on purpose to make it hard to treat. And so it terrified me. 
and I got tested and I was okay. I was I was found HIV negative throughout these uh, this last year and a half as I continued to have to right. take tests for three months. Let, oh, Danny, let me stop you out. for a minute because people have been calling and because of backup. Okay. Anyway, I wanted to uh, tell everyone, uh, please call in. We do have, let me give you the phone number. It's uh, 323-744-4831. It's toll free. We're, we're going to be here till uh, the top of the hour, near the top. So if you have any questions for Danny Cruz as well as you have for um, Bernadette de Gabriel, our life coach lady, and also my co-host, please call in. And anyway, for me, I'm going to be going to Vegas. In fact, um, uh, for Bernadette's uh, trip, I'm going to find out more about it because what we'd like to do is maybe go to Sedona. We're waiting, you know, with that. So anyway, that's the story. Okay. So Danny, real quick, we go. So we've got about uh, 12 minutes. So everyone out okay. there, please call in. And now, Burnett, do you have any questions? That's fascinating, Danny. That is a whole lot. Yeah. And, I yeah. mean, amazing. It's just you know, right. There's. I don't think there's room for coincidence with the name President Richard Nixon and the name of the father that and uh, of the, my mother's father being Richard Nixon. And um, there's just too much secrecy surrounding these. Um, this family of mine, there's a, an American secret right. that's been kept, and I really think that this is an extension of it, that President Eisenhower's assassin kept a secret is somewhat related to the secrecy involved in the families of President Richard Nixon all over the country and the world. Right. Do you feel a sense of um, concern speaking out about your family? I do feel that there's, um, you know, like I said, we have to exaggerate some things while we are still in the dark for a little while to get a grasp of what this possibility means, that a, a coup d'etat to take over the power of the presidency by the KKK is an awful big thing to have to think about. And so sometimes I find myself, I'm a yes and no person about this. I'm like, yes, it's true. It's impossible for it not to be true. And I'm like, no, it's not. There just no, there's just no evidence of it right now. And so without the evidence, I disagree. I sometimes disagree with my own theory, but it's those things that keep speaking to me inside my mind and my heart saying, the moment when I found out, it was very peaceful from my grandmother. I was on the phone. It was very peaceful and I was very serene and not telling anybody, not having told anybody this at the moment, um, feeling that wow. I actually am connected to the president. I felt very in touch with nature and reality and that there was no worry or concern about anything. But I, uh, Bernadette, I would think that you'd be interested in knowing that um, I treat finding out knowledge in, about uh, this secret like taking tree, tra taking fruit from the knowledge of good and evil. Um, from the beginning, Adam and Eve uh, were told, don't take from this tree else you'll die. Um, and all of the consequences of the knowledge of good and evil were held back for a time by God. There was no... There were no consequences and no violence of evil on the planet at the time. And so it's kind of like picking from this tree of knowledge of good and evil when I speak to my grandmother or my grandfather when he says, you're a son of Nixon, um, like that. It's kind of like when I find out that there's more KKK involvement, more violence, um, it's like taking from that tree and for the first time taking it into myself, like I feel like I'm dying because of so much violence inside. That that's just not me. I'm a very peaceful person. That okay. the generation before me and before me are very out of touch with who I am as a person. Like I was saying, I'm brown skinned. I'm half white and half brown, and so it's it's very um, hurtful to think that there is a, a, a race racist family involvement in the KKK, and that um, that my life is secretly um, abused by that. You know, there's there's secret of abuse going on. Um, I, I had a feeling um, that my grand, that my mother did something to me as a child that was not good, that was uh, abusive. And I asked my grandmother, I said, did mom used to hurt me when I was young? She said, yes, she did. And I got into a little conversation about this, and uh, I found out that my mom used to call me, say, you're stupid, just like your dad, when I was just about five years old. My grandmother told me that she started doing that to me when I was about five, so 
my mother has a history of being abusive to me as a child, but very loving and accepting of me as an adult. And as I've grown up, I don't remember the abuse, but it was told to me that I was abused verbally and emotionally as a young child by my mother for no reason. And so I'm just wondering if that's the racist KKK side of my mother that exists when she had me and, um, and what that all entails. I'm not sure, but, um, she, uh, loves me now and she defended me when I was being, uh, sought out after and to be hurt. She's the one who called a hit on somebody saying, drop napalm on him. He's extremely dangerous to protect me. Um, so it's a, I think she's mixed between having a brown son and having the KKK background. Um, I think she's very open to me. She, uh, to let me talk and listen and learn. I ask her questions and she says things that are indicating um, that there's a understanding, a mutual understanding between us. She said, oh, here's a story my mother told me. When she was young, her and her sister were at Disneyland and uh, President Nixon was there and my grandmother said, hey, look, there's Dick. Danny, Just like she knew we, have, him. we have four minutes left. Yes. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So it's just, um, I just think that, um, just knowing that it's special, you know, there's a, there's a, if you ask too much and you get too much knowledge, it's going to come out that there's something evil that kept this secret for so long and something violent that made it a secret that was kept. So that's all I have to say is that un unlocking this mystery or enigma yeah, can, we gotta, can unleash Danny, evil think... and violence. Anyway, anyway, I okay. want to tell everyone next week we're going to talk about the uh, election. And, of course, me and Bernadette, we're going to have some people on. And then we're going to get Shannon to come on to talk about uh, psychic uh, readings and other things that she's been in uh, touch with. So, anyway, that's it okay. for tonight. Thank you very much, Cameron, everybody. Thank you for having me on. Okay, uh, good, good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you, Danny. Bye, 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 Bye